everybody. My name is Tony Barnes. I'm a father, husband, realtor with Keller Williams Pinehurst, professional musician, ambassador for Military Foundation, Camp Resilient North Carolina, and corporate leader for Patriot Foundation. I've always been fascinated by people. Everyone I meet, I try to hear as much of their story in whatever brief moment in time we share. Even the most average-seeming human could have a captivating story. This show is about unlocking the stories of the people that I've been fortunate enough to meet and those whose names have positively influenced the communities they serve that maybe I haven't met yet, but can't wait to. This show is simply called More or Less with Tony Barnes. Moore is in Moore County, the beautiful southern North Carolina community that many of us call home. And because some of these stories need to be shared much more. Less, as in less serious, lighthearted conversations with one-of-a-kind humans about how they do more. It's like, man, I feel like that's what you did. Mm. You don't have to put it on social media. Um, But in that same breath, by doing it, you will probably spark... 10% 10% of the people that's on your list or 4% of the people that's on your list to buy call for your head of somebody ahead. Mm-hmm. Right? So like, and I think that's where talking about it gives some things wings, mm-hmm. right? And legs to be, hey, you know, I could do something. Yeah. Um, no, that's, a, that's a good point, you know, because I sometimes think about how, like, what's the point in sharing something yeah. if I, I'm just doing it because it's the opportunities there and I want to do it because it's a nice thing to do. But then if people don't hear about it, they might not get that little, little extra boost. So if you look at any form of full marketing and things like that, why do you think Burger King and Hardee's are right now sharing all the exact same four for five, six for five, you know, deals that are going on? They've figured out that through repetition, we will remember. Wait a second. I think I saw a commercial for Burger King four times right. in a row. If we see it on our newsfeed four times in a row that somebody has bought coffee ahead of somebody, it through osmosis, we will just, you know, uh, do it. Yeah. And so it does. It is. It, and you know that some people specifically are whatever the people want to call it now, cloud chasing, doing something for whatever. At the end of the day, who cares? Mm-hmm. Who yeah. cares whatever reason you're doing something for? If you're doing something good, then, you know. Exactly. No, um, I agree. Uh, it seems like a good pop filter. Sometimes I'm a lip smacker, <laughs> so I feel like I don't hear it back in uh, – I talked – I don't know this about, but are you a, do you game at all or – It's been a while. So I have, I'm a we major We were just talking nerd. about I have two kids, and so that's pretty much all my extra time. <laughs> gotcha. Yeah. For sure. So I'm um, a tabletop nerd, and so mm, uh, yeah. uh, Warhammer 40K, little miniatures that you put together and, and play, and um, there's rule sets for them, and – yeah. One of the things that I I made on me, I, it was a I won't say it's a career, but one of the things that I did twenty thirty hours a week was sit in front of a, a pop filter and and talk on podcasts and oh, we nice. were yeah and so uh, the Long War um, and Team Battle Brothers read podcasts and we're actually. Um, I was one of the three main starters for the long war, and we made the I think top one percent is you have to average uh, twenty thousand viewer downloads a week. Uh, we average in the top three percent of podcasts in the United States. With we would average about eleven thousand downloads a week. Wow! Um, yeah, yeah. And so Audible Book Company was the fir- we were their first sponsor outside of the book realm. Wow! Um, and so yeah, the long war. And so that was one of the things I've done my best to 
stop saying um um um. I haven't podcasted <laughs> in like six months or a year, so I got to try to remember what, well, you're what, more what a, not to do. But pro yeah. than me, yeah. I this feel is like, like more I'm of two a and a half months me. in or yeah. something. Yeah. Uh, you yeah. know, so you might hear mm, um yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> I know that <laughs> like, I'm still like, going like, to do it, but it's so funny. Whenever when the three of us did it, one of the things that we did was we would always listen and listen to a back, and so you could always tell who listened to a back. We'd all take turns. You could tell who it was because they're the ones. Hey, man. Jesus, I've heard you smack your lips 37 times. Stop it. <laughs> right. You know, like, exactly. Like, yeah. hey, I've heard this. And here I am chewing gum. No, right? <laughs> yeah, I can't believe you made it through the last podcast with that. And the whole time he had yeah. gum in his mouth. I never, realized at the end. Did it? Oh, did it? No. Do you hear it? No. Okay, good. I so saw I'm, it. Yeah. You're like, just no. <laughs> Don't do it. <laughs> yeah. It's like, I'm going to have to edit the crap out of yeah. this. No, yeah. no. Yeah. no that's you, awesome. I, I would have heard it. Yeah. If you were actually chewing, I would have said something. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> I just turned off like ninety percent of the people that would yeah. listen to this right now. They're gonna hear that and go, "Oh my god." Yeah. But but so, some but people might simultaneously. There's three percent of the people that They're are like, diehard oh listeners now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Smacking. Did you hear him smack gum on that show? It's like so weird. What what people like are really into? Yeah. You know? like, yes. Weird like fetishes. Yeah. And stuff. Wait, this is a family show. I'm yeah, not supposed to go there, Frank. God. You did, yeah, I'm sorry. I, bl- I blame everything on Frank, you know. Well, I am the producer, so that's, yeah. that's where the blame falls. Yeah, if it gets through, it's on you, not right. me. You know, that's right. So. That's but true. you could easily ruin what little career I had with, <laughs> with your powers. <laughs> he has all Let the powers. Let it be known. Yeah. Um, well, I guess we've already started, so this yes, is great. Yes, we've yeah. started. We, we have Very a problem cool. with inter, inter, uh, introducing our guests way late. Well, <laughs> so, I like it. Yeah, it's cool. You get well, I don't started. know if it's a problem then. I think it's just the new norm yeah. that's right we yeah. made we made it that way purposefully that's you know? right this is the cadence of the podcast yeah. we do things our way frank right that's right that's right all f- we got like what 12 listeners now per week maybe something like that and we're getting t- maybe the i'm t- gonna t- just i'm not gonna disagree with you but yeah. okay. uh, just know that it's more than that oh so 13 Okay. Yeah, right. I, it was actually 13 starting this week because yeah. i want you to know i started uh started listening awesome oh, thank uh, there you there you go you. So he was like should yeah. i be on this or not <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's smart no i get no, it I, was like, like, I, need to, I need to make sure that uh in case there's some references i can pull back i was like let me throw something in the memory bank nice. real quick yeah, nice. Nice. see hey, that's, that's cool yeah. that's guest that's a primo <laughs> guest right yeah. there no, that's awesome i'm glad you know hey if i was gonna if somebody asked me to be on a random podcast and be like yeah let me check this out make sure it's not gonna ruin Ruined my career. Yeah. It's probably already ruined mine, yeah. but you know, uh, we're, we're going to try our best. Well, know. as as we know, you have podcast experience. Yeah. In what I will call the real podcast realm. I don't know if it's. Excuse me. I I just mean well. I would count us because we're like a conversational podcast, and we have. You know, it's not like like the other podcast I do is is really kind of for informational purposes. You yeah, know, super information centric, right? But yeah. so, I, and what I love about podcasting realm is there's something for everybody, yeah. legitimately, right? So, mm-hmm. if you want to go in and you know go down rabbit holes of conspiracy theorists or true raw information or you know what's going on with anything in the you know it's all out there. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think we got a good kind of diverse. Uh, group that we that we get on some are very serious and some are very yeah um you know funny and great and hopefully there's a little bit of humor and even the most serious things because what would life be without humor you know yeah i mean especially if you're going through something awful (laughs) yes it would that is true um but yeah so we still haven't introduced our guest (laughs) our guest today is uh stephen four owner of dugan's pub and tell us about the two other businesses you own as well but prior to this 
So, hey, everybody. So we also have, my wife and I have the Lighthouse at Little River, uh, which is the country club at the Little River Golf and Resort property. Uh, the golf course is down, but one day, for the love of God, there will be <laughs> investments. There will be some form of dreams of grandeur out there. Yeah. No, it's 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 closer now than it's ever been. It's in the works um, now. Yeah, yeah. for yeah. sure. And so, uh, you know, that and then my family, my uncle and I and cousin are all part owners of Forest Family Restaurant in uh Laurenburg, North Carolina, 215 South Main Street. Uh, awesome. So, yeah, awesome. and then Dugan's was the the latest acquisition, uh, November 1st. Um, and so, what a just a, an absolute whirlwind it's been over the last two years. Some people, um, I mean, full transparency, COVID happens. I have a great food truck business, uh, great catering business, you know, and I'm talking to my wife, and I'm like, Allie, I, I think my days of being in food and beverage is done. COVID is like, come it's put the hammer down the only way that i can make money with my hands and food is you know the school event where my food truck was at and big events and weddings like nah. you know none of that happens anymore right mm-hmm. so i'm like i don't know what i do we both took um you know hourly jobs working at a grocery store or cleaning houses and and do what we had to do and sure enough uh by november of 2020 we started looking at fours, and since November of 2020 till today, we've opened and uh, have three thriving restaurant businesses. Mm. Uh, so you don't do the food truck anymore? Nope, sold it. You know, some of me wishes I would have kept it, but most of me is so glad that I didn't. You know, <laughs> people have no idea how hard that business is. And shout out to all the food truckies that are out there that are thriving in it, you know, and fighting to keep it alive. Because without a normal go-to spot, uh, that's I would have never made it. Without without the community college in Richmond County that we would drive to Monday through Friday, you know, and sell anywhere from a $2 cheese quesadilla to a, a Philly or something else on the $10, $11 range, we never would have made it. You know, trying to make a business and a living off of one-off events and, and oh, sit up here on this random corner. Shout out Red's Corner because oh, that's yeah. not a random corner that I right. refer to. Cause right. When I had a food truck, that wasn't there. Yeah. <laughs> Shout out. That's, that's a legitimate thing that, that my wife and I and our daughter, we love going to. But, yeah, it's it's a tough business, and please, for the love of God, support them. If you yeah. like those food trucks, uh, restaurants can, if you don't support them, they can outlast a little longer. Um, a food truck business, if you don't support them, on a Monday, damn it, next Friday, they might not be around, you know. Mm-hmm. So really, if you're going to go to one, do it. Uh, give them your business. Yeah, that's a testament to you, too, as well, as hard as you work. I mean, I own, I guess, technically, I'm a real real estate agent, uh, and I'm also a musician. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was a professional musician before I was a real estate agent. That was my full-time job, and then, you know, became a real estate agent. But even those two, you know, I do this podcast kind of, you know, on the side, of course, but I can't imagine owning or being part owner of three businesses where you have employees, you're in the service business, which is up and down, anything in sales, you know, yeah. and especially yeah. in food service, the margins have to be really kind of low, you know, like low so. and food prices right now. Are you kidding me? Mm-hmm. People want to think it's a joke where, oh, egg prices, oh, they're really steep. Like, yeah, but what about people making money, livings on eggs, chicken breasts, chicken wings? Like, go through the gambit. Think about this as a as a restaurateur, right? You as a consumer, you go to a grocery store and you're like, oh, this week, bacon is high. Next month, hamburger is high. The month after that, chicken wings were. 
$12 a pound. The month after that, chicken breasts. You couldn't get chicken breasts anywhere. You could find chicken thighs, chicken mm-hmm. legs. Now it's eggs. It's eggs turn to be through the roof. As the consumer going to a store, we feel that in our pockets, but like I will just stay away from that this week. As a restaurateur, we have now had to wage war, you know, and we thought we dodged bullets with bacon and thought we dodged this and found the, the loophole in getting something from this company and trying all this, and now we're landed on eggs. And so, I mean, it's just, it's crazy. Fuel, fuel service charges and all this stuff in in a business where the margins are already tight um you know it's not a surprise that a lot of restaurateurs are wanting to sell and get out you know and i think for anybody out there another public service announcement damn it if you got to drive it's out there um go get it Mm -hmm. there are people if you are younger if you are this and you have a drive in your body go get it because there are people that have suffered through 20 years of the restaurant industry and the backs of even the the i mean tragedy that it was with the the blackout you know when the power shut down for five days let alone snowstorms and ice storms that we randomly get you know i mean it's it's tough right now and people are just fed up with it so mm-hmm. if they're if you're out there you know and you've had a i mean don't just go buy a restaurant or a food truck <laughs> yeah don't, don't have hey, some I, experience. I listened to that podcast and he said go buy a food to, truck so i went and got a, a high a high interest loan and yes. now i'm going for it I felt like this was a good idea he told me it was but no you know it just shows that if if it doesn't matter what's going on in the world people can make it people can do but you got to understand uh and also fees and everything. I mean, DoorDash, I could go down it for a while, but man, mm. it, it's crazy right now to what this place, and I say this place, Southern Pines, being born and raised here, right? You mm. know, uh, what it was five years ago and then what it was 15 years ago. Mm. I mean, yeah. 15 years ago, let alone, I mean, there was DoorDash in places, you know, in big cities and stuff. Mm. Here? I mean, just yeah, think, I mean, even when I moved mm-hmm. here hey. seven years ago, there wasn't. Oh, really. no. Yeah, yeah. Half the building seven years ago, there was still trees down most of US 1. You yeah. know what I mean? It, I mean, and again, going down a little further, like 12 years ago, I was standing up. It was David Talbert was the only other food uh, concept of a food truck besides myself. And I mean, I'm going up, standing up in front of uh, local municipalities like, guys, this is going to be the new future. This is what we got. You know, it isn't the air quotes. I don't, you don't even hear roach coach anymore, but that's what I had to suffer through in Mm -hmm. 2012. And you think you're like, well, that was just right around the corner, you know. Um, think about how many there are now. Like, oh, so yeah. many. So many. And, you know, I try to explain to the town, too. I mean, most of the time, if you go to a food truck, it's like creme de la creme. They yeah. specialized in something. Mm-hmm. They're like, this is what you want to go to this truck for. You know, it's not like some. And you might even want to go there over a restaurant that serves the same correct. thing. Absolutely. Because maybe the restaurant is trying to serve to the masses. They mm-hmm. try to do. But like, you know, they're doing empanadas. I, I tell you, you know, it'll be the best empanada you've ever had, mm-hmm. you know, because that's that's what that's their niche. Yeah. You know, they can't afford to be subpar. Yeah, and right. you, and you can't or they have... will be for sale in six months. <laughs> yeah. you know? But you also can't have a huge menu on those two either. You got to specialize in just no. a few things, right? I mean, you can't you can't really you know you go to a food truck specifically for the lobster roll or the whatever you that's know the exactly burger, right. or, um, and that's why I love food trucks, you know, because I mean, you know, you can support. You, you say, well, I, I know they got this. I've heard everybody's talking about this one lobster roll or this mm-hmm. thing. And you're like, yeah, let's go do that. You know, <laughs> yeah, and and that's a good point because like. Not everybody's going to have lobster here, but mm-hmm. if they're if they're serving only lobster rolls, they can source it, you know, pr- appropriately and sure. get it there, get it here, 
safely and well yeah you can yeah you can go and look at the logistics behind it and say okay this makes sense for us right Mm -hmm. you know but if i was having to add that to a menu Mm -hmm. you know uh, Let's use Dugan's, right? Mm -hmm. Prime example. We're starting to incorporate on top of the core great menu that's been there for 24 years, best buffalo chicken sandwich you have, right? Like uh, amazing fish and chips, all the stuff that people are used to. We're starting to, because I'm a chef at heart, like that's that's, that's all the thing I've ever known of. So we're incorporating uh, Creole shrimp and grits, Mm -hmm. you know, bacon wrap fillets, things you're like, well, this is out of our, our norm that dugan's right has ever done but that doesn't mean that that people won't want them now now there's whole demographics right of individuals say well i don't want an irish pub theme but like oh wait a second they're diverse now now we can go in and let's see what rotating specials are like let's see what things and i think that's where us now that i'm not a food truck anymore like us as restaurateurs we have to food trucks are going to keep us honest yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Some people want to bash them because they don't. Oh, well, they don't have rent. They don't have this. Believe me, I have more respect because I did it for so long. You you know, food trucks get the, the worst end of all the sticks. Right. But they will keep us on our toes because we don't get to just be lazy and say, I'm the only one in town anymore mm-hmm. that serves X. Right. Right. You know, now they keep us on our toes and let's let's create new specials. Let's create new things. Let's not feel that we've got a, you know, monopoly on a buffalo chicken sandwich, you Mm -hmm. know. Uh, Yeah. No, you've done. I've heard nothing but good things over there. And, you know, just just what you've what every service industry person has suffered through the last several years. I mean, thank God we're starting to get a little bit, although prices are crazy and, and very and through the roof but at least you know the pandemic I, I mean if you survived the pandemic as a restaurant owner kudos to you i mean, I mean that is amazing you I know mean, my my go-to i didn't mean to cut you off is mm-hmm. the yeah. fact is legitimately if you can survive through 2020 it's a piece of cake every day now is a piece of cake mm-hmm. if we can get through social distancing 40 percent occupancy you know and that again that that even at that time went to a food truck you're like People had to be six feet apart in a line. Mm-hmm. Like what? Mm-hmm. You know, how much space do you actually have for a line? Mm-hmm. If a body has to be six feet apart, like you can have 12 people, you got a 50 foot line, <laughs> you know, <Yeah>. like <laughs> well, who had that, you know? So, yeah, if you can get through 2020, it, every day now is, is, is a different cakewalk. Yeah. And I remember ordering food from like DoorDash when COVID first came out. You're like, did they breathe on this? Like, is this right? How, how do we get? Did I just can I yeah. die? Like, you yeah. know, seriously, you don't know. And so if you're able to get through that, you know, that's uh, that's amazing, and especially now that you're owning three three thriving restaurant businesses you know that i mean just one is enough for everybody i'm sure yeah. you have all kinds of free time right <laughs> oh my, goodness. my new normal i mean and can't do it one thing that being born and raised in this industry uh and in the industry is a whole lot different than what it was now i'll use chef warren shout out chef uh he is a whole lot different now than he was in 2004 okay in 2003 it was like Hey, he looks at you and he doesn't like the plate, throw the plate away. You know, like, why is my plate in the trash can now? You know, like, like you know, you grow up in the industry and it was different than now. It's people have feelings and like, oh, they don't show up to work. And, you know, I, and they still have a job. It's it's completely different now. But so, you know, but it, and so and I love it. But I, I tell people I'm like and I was I was treated well in the industry. Right. But I've, some of that is I, I, I put that on myself because I I put good in the atmosphere. So I got it back. But, you know, I tell all our staff day we have 40 people on payroll between in three locations and and that's not bad for you know just starting and we'll grow and grow and grow but we will um 
We can't do it without them as industry like these other restaurants if they don't if they treat you in any other type of manner like we physically i cannot do it without roger in the kitchen at dugan's without zach in the kitchen at dugan's without you know jeff at uh at little river without you know christy and charlie my wife and the bars like it it none of this works it all cripples Mm, you physically can't do everything and so as uh, you know an entrepreneur you have to have got to count on people around you Mm -hmm. um or there will be a cap and a ceiling and and if you don't tell your people that and value your people to that level and share the wealth with your staff you Mm -hmm. know whether it's christmas parties whether it's you know it ain't just a pizza party you know for anybody else stop doing pizza parties support pizza (laughs) restaurants stop thinking a pizza party yeah but that's just you do that for free for your staff on a saturday because nobody wants to you know eat our own food like we've done all week right (laughs) like you know take everybody out bring them to your house you know stuff i mean it's just it's different so we just have to age with it We've talked a lot on the show about uh, with Deshaun with Southern Elegance, yeah. like having employees. I can't imagine. I'm, I know. I mean, I was in a band right for for years, you know. And shout out to Justin and Ryan Harrison, McKenzie's Mill. I mean, I love those guys so much. But even my best friends at the time, you know, you butt heads. I mean, you can imagine. I can't imagine. But we were sort of together in that thing i mean not that you i mean everybody's together with the employees but you being a leader and a boss you know you have to they have you need them to show up to work but treating them well and treating them like humans and um you know that's that's a huge part of retaining your employees and also having their growth you know happen to help you you know helps your reputation i can't imagine the stresses of having 40 employees every day hey and how easy would it be if all 40 had the same management techniques that you're like oh i can act this way with all 40 this is awesome yeah like no i know that i have to drop some f-bombs with these three individuals (laughs) or it will not snap them out in the back of the kitchen right and it's perfectly okay yeah and then i know that i have to like very soft tones and speak to these three individuals or they will mentally break down you know and so but those are all and none are worse for wear none are none are right or wrong they're just different management techniques and so you have to have these days and so it's it's, i think that's a testament to your um awareness of being a leader and Mm -hmm. being a manager that you can say to yourself well i'm not i'm going to treat these people differently according Mm -hmm. to what you know what works for them yeah what is Mm -hmm. their need right Mm -hmm. and that is that i actually read something or listened to gary vaynerchuk one time you know i do a lot of listen to gary v there and that was one of the things is like listening and realizing that what works for me my god does not work for 90 percent of the people mm-hmm. like i don't need affirmation as a human being mm-hmm. i Stephen Ford, don't need affirmation i then don't need to be thanked i don't i don't need any of that 90 mm-hmm. percent of the world does mm-hmm. so like just because i don't need it doesn't mean that i can think and convey that same concept to everyone else right and so getting to know staff getting to know them and 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 i truly believe that we that's the reason why we're thriving 100% is because of that, because we it. get, we've got some of the best staff in the world, uh, and that give it 110% every day, you know, and, and I think that's a testament, you know, to, and, to that. Absolutely. And, and that's not even to take into account unique scenarios like, mm-hmm. you know, losses or, you know, things that happen that aren't the, the in the course of normal life, mm-hmm. and then, you know, a being a leader accordingly to that person in that unique, you know, in that special space, that's something else. And 
Well, that yeah. says a lot about you to be able to, to look inward. Mm-hmm. Kind of, I mean, that's what you just said was amazing. I mean, you know, you're like, well, I don't need any of that. I mean, most people be like, if I don't need that, why does that, why do they, everybody else need it? You know, you have that kind of thing. Well, I don't need this. Why does anybody else need it to survive or thrive or whatever? But the fact that you looked inward, you listened to some podcasts, you, uh, you know, heard from some people you trust and have confidence you in. You listen to this podcast? I mean, yes, all day without long, it, without every this day. Podcast, it would have not put me over the edge. Right. You, you might be commit. all 20, yes. li- like, listens that yes. we had <laughs> okay like that was you right <laughs> but no. yeah and and i want to give full transparency too because i was i've been bred in like the restaurant industry in like the early 2000s and 99 and 98 and where it was like stuff got thrown at you <laughs> I'm like this is no joke. Like so, working at the resorts and stuff. Like I, I have I wanna, seen. I don't want to interrupt, but I do because yeah. you've referenced a couple of times. So you grew up here and you Born worked and in mm-hmm. restaurants here mm-hmm. since how old? First full time cooking job was at Russell Seafood. Shout out, oh, God yeah. bless Mr. Russell. R.I.P. He um, Russell Seafood was a staple. I mean, dude, in the 80s and 90s, there was a line out that door to get fried seafood and broiled seafood in the buffet. And so I had my first full-time cooking job at a uh, full-time restaurant job at 13. Um, he can't get in trouble now because he's, right. he's no longer with us. Mm-hmm. But, you know, he employed and I wouldn't be right now where I am without him, for sure. He gave me a chance, gave a lot of people their first jobs. And uh, yeah, 37, this, is, this just shows the difference of people now and then. Because I know other, I wasn't, I'm not some unicorn that other people weren't doing it or having it. But like at 13 years old, I was working 38 hours a week and playing football in eighth grade. Wow. 13 is eighth grade. <laughs> you know, I was working Thursday, <laughs> Friday, Saturday, Sunday, you know, 10 hour days, eight hour days and, and going and, and uh, my parents helped facilitate it. It wasn't, it, it wasn't, they weren't, didn't force me, <laughs> you know, but that was just the worth ethic that my parents in, in, instilled in my body. It's like, this is how to become a, a you know, I, I saw them and mimicked it, you know, and so. Forgive me for being ignorant, but were they in the industry? Nope. Okay. No, so my really? my father uh, my father's in or was in grocery his whole life, uh, Michael Four, and was in um, was very big in fresh markets and uh, food line and all that, and would open up stores and things, and uh, was a pillar in their community. Uh, and then uh, my mother you know, cut hair, so both were in like the service industry, um, but had an easy bake oven at four. I just knew my whole life I wanted to cook. I wanted I I get enjoyments. That's because why I say I don't need thank yous because in my mind i'm like oh i killed that dish yeah <laughs> i can sit back and watch people enjoy it and i'm like oh yeah yeah that's what i needed mm-hmm. you know i see it on their face they enjoy it they come back that's my your welcomes thank yous i appreciate I you we've you had a, a a lot of people on the show uh you, tony you included being the host mm-hmm. uh who are makers who are yeah. pe- people who create things and and for those of th- those that don't do it as kind of a drive it is its own reward Mm -hmm. when you can when first of all the act of making it is just so enjoyable Mm -hmm. second then you have it and you've made it and you've accomplished that and then third the the result of somebody enjoying it is an even bigger reward you know Mm -hmm. yeah it's the i mean in a small nutshell it's probably some of the greatest 
instant gratification that you can get yeah, like tony for sure when you've got a crowd in front of you playing and everybody is vibing and everybody's singing along and everybody or everybody is quiet and you can hear a pin drop mm-hmm. because you know the song calls for it i mean it's got to be like an instant rush of like yeah i'm coming back oh, you yeah. know it doesn't matter if five people complained already or if it's too <laughs> loud or there's somebody laughing over the music in the back you know that that small mount you know hitting the perfect golf shot hitting this it just it's that instant gratification that does keep us coming back yeah, yeah um yeah, but yeah so being in it uh just knows it's just the big difference you know when you grow up in the industry and, and you see things and uh what it was before versus now and so, um so can we can just because i'm curious now what yeah. what was your, the journey next like so you so started- after after russell seafood i went and it was uh the magnolia inn before oh, it was okay. bellagio okay yeah. and then uh, it was actually excuse me it was yeah, it was that, and then Bill Mead, and then from Bill Mead to Chef Warren's, and then from Chef Warren's, it was Pine Knoll, where I completely redid that whole concept of the retirement resort, uh, changed all their menu to nightly specials and did all that, and spent four or five years there, uh, got completely ho. excuse me, Little River was in there, I can't believe I overlooked that, <laughs> Little River was in there, I was executive there um, after leaving Chef Warren's, um, and did that for a couple years. Years and then went to Pine Knoll. Uh, and after that, I was like, you know what? And I had done everything. I was, you know, one of the youngest executives in the area. Um, you know, damn sure wasn't paid for it. You excuse me, but you know, <laughs> but it's that's our industry. But you know what? That's never went to school outside of high school. Never went to college, graduated high school early, only just because I had the bare minimum requirements. You know, I was able to get that that semester cut early, you know, and um, I was born. I, that's why I say that phrase. I was born in the industry because I, I don't know anything else. I didn't want to do anything else. And so um, it is it is capable. Do you have any people that force fee that you got to go to college to make a living? Mm-hmm. Like I am the living embodiment that you know have right now at 37 years old no lick of college graduated high school earlier hey you ready for this statistic never took the sat in my entire life (laughs) never taken it took the psat because i had to in eighth grade i think right Mm -hmm. but any other time i opted not to and they're like why i was like i'm I'm not going you know (laughs) and uh i was like i know what i want to do and i'm going to be very good at it and be very successful and had full-time jobs all through high school and part-time jobs and on top of full-time cooking jobs i had part-time jobs at grocery stores i just always always had that worth ethic and mm-hmm. if you have that if it's inside of you you know if you don't go to college because it ain't gonna work yeah. <laughs> but if you know don't feel that like you know and now i would say i'm as successful as anybody in the county is you know in, in a small realm and um, that's because of hard work mm-hmm. yeah, absolutely I, I think it's important to say as well even if you think you might not have the work ethic it might be that you're you're trying to do something that you don't enjoy. What a great point! <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, that you don't enjoy. Like, don't don't try to put a square peg in a round hole. Like, yeah. keep trying. That's there's a reason why minimum paying jobs are minimum like that. Find something you like. Mm-hmm. I knew right away that I love cooking, but if I didn't know that that's what I want to do, that would probably be the scariest thing for me. I'd have to go work retail and work construction and work. Well, that's what your twenties are for, right? Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Figure right? out what the hell you're like, doing. What, if you don't, don't know. Yeah. You need and gosh, don't just spin your wheels like going and feel like really pop in and out of different jobs. And if you're in high school and you have a job and you don't like it, quit, find another one, mm-hmm. get in, in a completely different industry, you know, um, and then try another and then another. Um, yeah, I don't know how many young people we have, but that's something that I never, I don't know. 
what it was, but it was just one of those things that didn't really click with me that I didn't need to stay where I was just because it was a job and I, you know, I was working and I knew I, you know, work was part of what I was doing. It was, it was like what I did and what I should do. And I enjoyed my internship that I was doing, Mm -hmm. not a real internship. I was working for my dad, but you know, it's like, Oh, my friend works here, so I should work there. Yeah. You Mm -hmm. know, and that's just not, a uh, long-term strategy for success. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. And it's knowing that you can bounce back and forth and not, again, a job is a job. And I mean, at 16, 15, 7, like right, a job 70 is a job bucks is, a job. is like killer. Yeah. You need a job. Shit, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, like I'm going, right? But like I would definitely say um, getting life experiences is something that is just, uh, it, it's worth more than um, – any degree can get you in right now, yeah. you know. And my parents, you know, thank God for them. They supported me my whole life on some of the, you know, I, I, I'm being facetious when I say dumb ideas. I mean, I, I was going to Appalachian State. They they were, you know, the, back in the 90s, a lot of parents were like, look, you need to go to college. You need to go to college. You know, they still do that now. But right. um, but you're right. You don't have to do that. But I also my, – my dad had a crazy work ethic and my mom too. And they worked so hard to provide for three kids. And so I was like, all right, I went to college. Four years in, you know, I was I was going nowhere. I didn't know – I had like three minors and no major. I didn't know what I wanted to do. And, and I actually told my mom, I was like, I got I to gotta come home and take a breather. You know, I can't – I can't, you know, I don't know what's going on. And they were like, okay, we support you. Come home, you know. And then then six months later, uh, Justin and Ryan of McKenzie's Mill, they were like, hey, they just graduated college. Let's, let's go to Nashville, you know. I'm like, oh, sweet. I can play guitar. Cool. Let's do that. You yeah, know? So I went it. and did that. And, you know, but my work ethic, ethic developed over time. You would think that my dad is a super hardworking guy that I would have been, you know, instantly like that. But it kind of, for me, it was like, I, I went all, I was like squirrel over here, you know, mm-hmm. like went all different places. And then over time, experiencing those things, going into high debt because I, you know, I was, I was like, I'm going to be a famous musician. Let's do this, you know, and then realizing, you know, maybe I should come home and actually make a little bit of money playing music. <laughs> First, and, you know, before <laughs> sure. I, I go for the Gusto. Hey, you will never, <clears throat> I bet you there's not a single musician out there who's made it and done anything that hadn't went through all those. Yeah. You know, absolutely. Yeah. You've yeah. got to go through Life experience. Like got to have those. And, yeah. and that's not to say you didn't have work ethic i mean how would you have kept on going if you didn't have that work ethic that's what that's i true that's the way i see it hey talk about talk about too about um uh going into a bunch of debt and right trying to find your own way and doing mm-hmm. all this i mean when i started my food truck my power got cut off 11 times wow 11 i went home paid payroll on friday and would go home to my apartment i had or the condo and knowing that there'd be no power right 11 times and you know how expensive that is to get your power cut back on i know (laughs) didn't have enough money to pay the damn thing to begin with you know but then to have and again like that was mid-20s i'm like man i'm i'm losing everything i fought for Mm -hmm. but like pushing through not looking at that debt saying fine i'll take a job i don't care about Mm -hmm. you know just that makes money you know having that getting those you know those scars Mm -hmm. right like it definitely shapes us absolutely and you and you learn even though i can be frivolous sometimes you know like you learn the value of a dollar after you've been in debt your whole you know a lot so i mean i'm i'm proud of the fact and there's nothing wrong with what i'm not talking down on anybody that chose bankruptcy or whatever for whatever situation Mm -hmm. they were in but for me it was instilled in me that, you know, and my parents helped tremendously with supporting me when I needed it. But my biggest goal was I want to make 
a living playing music so that I can pay off these ridiculous credit cards that I have. I mean, I had credit card debt that at one time when I was a full-time musician making maybe $30,000 a year before taxes. My credit card minimum payments every month were like $1,200. And I'm like, oh my God. And I, but, I, but I mean, with a little bit of my parents' help, but I, I mean, a lot of, I mean, a lot, I'm not saying they didn't, but for me, it, it was a goal of mine. Like, I'm going to play five gigs this week so that I can make this payment and then I can have $100, $200 for food, whatever it is. You know? That's that's what it is to be self-employed. Yes. Not a, And that's something that people don't understand what being self-employed is. They're like, oh, you own a restaurant. Like when I, when I started my food truck, they're like, oh, I can't wait one day until I'm my own boss. I'm like, are you kidding me? I'm more restricted now. <laughs> like I have to look at it and you say, it's not even how much money do I want to make. It's like how much do I physically have to make? Mm-hmm. How many hours do I have to grind? How many events do we have to go just to get this Friday's quota, let alone the future? Like we're talking, you know, pedal to the pavement, pavement got to do whatever it takes to get through these five, six, seven gigs whatever we got to do just to hit Friday to then or hit Saturday or Sunday to then do it all over again you know to hit the next that's what being self-employed is Mm -hmm. that's what's being an entrepreneur that is what um, it's not always like that Mm -hmm. but I think the most successful people that are out there that have done it that way uh, I think have the the longevity of being self-employed and being you know again and you've never not then after that been self-employed right you've always mm-hmm. you know real estate and all i mean wow think about like oh yeah i'll, th- I'll think about selling a house today like yeah. Yeah, if you're not putting in the work <laughs> before after not even on the market yet like i could only imagine like again and then mm-hmm. uh then obviously 2020 destroyed you know it had some peaks but then mm-hmm. all of a sudden you're like well there's nothing left to sell yeah. there's nothing going you know and if you don't find that way to con have self-motivation you'll just yeah. you'll fizzle out you and know, your responsibilities really only grow the grow. more successful you That's get exactly and right. you have to answer mm-hmm. the phone on yeah, weekends yep. you got you're working yep. it, you don't you know if i take a vacation which i do I try to my family i try to make my family a huge priority and kudos mm-hmm. to my wife i love her so much she's i mean two kids five and four years old that she's at home with all the time and i'm at home when i'm not doing this or playing music sure. but it's just it's hard you know you got to keep pushing through and just uh you know, just just keep keep finding that whatever drives you. I mean, you have to answer the phone. You have to do things. You have to, you have responsibilities. If I take a vacation, I'm planning two week, three weeks, four weeks ahead of time. Like, hey, colleague, I'll pay you this amount of money if we get a, a lead. Yeah, because it's worth me paying somebody two hundred bucks to show a house and write an offer if they're going to get me a few thousand. You know, that's like right. that's you right. have to plan for just to take a leak. Yeah. You know? So <laughs> look, it's, look, it's so funny. Uh, so. We, my, my wife and I, Allie, got married, and but before we did a um, an engagement party, you know, we're going, and she's like, "Why are you, why are you preparing this food on our engagement party day? Like, oh, did we change the menu?" I was like, "No, baby, I, I have to work." She's like, "Hold on, hold on, I just need to get this right. You cater, you're catering an event on the day that we're having an engagement party with our family and friends over. You booked an event that day? And I was like, <laughs> yep. <laughs> I realized maybe I shouldn't have now, but like, yeah, I was like, that, that's one lesson you learn yes, one time. Come to find out this wedding doesn't get paid if I don't book these. But that's one of that concept of like, at that moment in time in my life, I was like, I can't not put this phone down now through longevity and through hard work and through reputation and, you know, things you can 
turn some business away right mm-hmm. now through the years and you have but at that point in time i took anything mm-hmm. you need 20 peanut butter and jelly sandwiches mm-hmm. i i, I what kind of jelly i can legitimately mm-hmm. i can make three dollars and sixty cents i'm in yeah. you know like i didn't turn anything away and and again you talk about somebody who, who pushed through it and and i am the person i am now because of her because that goes back i was actually even going to say i am more of an advocate for anybody who doesn't if, if you guys don't see a therapist go every week mm-hmm. i go every week pay out of pocket every week to see a therapist mm-hmm. and it has truly helped me become someone that i never thought i would not even i mean and again in 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 music industry is like it in the food industry you know it is high pressure yelling and screaming all the time and people burn out like if if that is your life you will be like some of these restaurateurs that have just burn out and hate life and this and i was like i can't do that i can't do that so Mm -hmm. what do i have to do and so almost a year straight now um well and i'm telling you you, i'm telling you and and that's something and i'll say this too something as a man in society you think oh i can't go see a therapist for sure and in my mind i'm as i mean i i will do any anything manly that there is right and you want me to go pick up something big or go do something you know but one thing that they don't teach us and and in society is you know it's okay to go see a therapist best thing I ever did best thing she ever you know was like you need to go do mm-hmm. and that I, I was not on board but now i preach it from the ceilings you know go I, see a therapist i think things are changing i mean i think our age group has made some of that shift but i definitely see it in some of the younger mm-hmm. what what the kids call themselves Gen Z. Mm. I don't I actually don't know if they call themselves that, but that's what you know. Just like I don't call myself a millennial, but yeah. uh, we are, I guess. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I think things are changing. You know, I think people are becoming more aware of the importance of mental health and mm. self care, and you know whatever whatever words you want to put onto it. But um, talking to somebody reflecting on your own feelings you know getting in touch with how you are reacting to things to stimuli to outside stressors is incredibly important and mm-hmm. i and i'm hopeful i'm i'm hopeful for the future in general in that regard because i do see things changing for the better yeah Yeah. no for sure and you go down you know like certain rabbit holes you can talk yourself into being mad or sad or happy about something maybe you shouldn't be mad sad or happy about Mm -hmm. and you know but we will work ourselves up and sometimes and and it's literally an outlet and an avenue that even you know just getting it out hey i even I mean, talk anything, but so yeah. Either way, didn't mean to go down that. But no, yeah, good. Like therapy that. is therapy to, is big. I wanted know, to Chicago. point uh, reference. You mentioned listening to the podcast to pull pull from a past episode when we were talking to Deshaun. I mentioned the word positive feedback loop, and you can very easily find yourself in a positive mm-hmm. feedback loop. You can get high on your own supply. Yeah, on anything and then, in life. Absolutely. and then get to a place where it, you are very trapped mm-hmm. and and a therapist or something you know whatever it is it takes somebody outside of yourself a lot of times or at least some mechanism you know there's also ways that you can create your own mechanisms of self checks so that if you find yourself on a certain pattern you can say all right i've done this three times now do i need to question that i'm doing it again and then maybe that can help you stop the cycle and reset um, but therapy is a great uh, a therapist. That's the, what they are trained to do. You know, they work a lot to be able to help other people mm-hmm. 
put those checks into place for themselves. And the biggest thing is non-biasness. Mm. So, like, even no matter how, what great relationship we have with significant others or mothers, fathers, brothers, at some point there's always an agenda, mm-hmm. right? Even that's, if it's like point, if there's yeah. like undertones, or you don't want to upset them, or you or, don't want to yeah, shake the yeah. apple cart, or you don't want to do this or that, right? But like when you are hate saying you know paying for a service, and you know the therapist is listening, and they're taking everything objectively, mm-hmm. not subjective, not built in innuendos, like. I'm listening to what you're saying, and I'm going to tell you feedback on it. And mm-hmm. it might not be what you like, and that's, <laughs> yeah. again, what works right. best for me, you know. But so, yeah, it's I, I think all this, like, helps shape what uh, what we can become based off of, you know. Well, I admire that a lot. I'll say, I mean, both of you all have mentioned therapy. I've, I'll be honest, I've never taken therapy in my life. But since we're opening up here, right, this is the the nest, right? The yeah. tree? Yeah. The yeah. tree with the nest? Are, with the chest tree? That's right. It's yeah. just us and 12 other people. Yeah, that's 13, right. right. Maybe 13 now, yeah. But I, I suffer from anxiety. And people that might see me on social media or, uh, you know, as a musician, you know, you don't look at your, a musician on stage, you know, or in a corner or wherever in front of people that sing every night you might not really relate to okay that person doesn't have anxiety how would they have anxiety if they can do this all the time you know and it's just nothing i mean i suffer from that i mean not it's and 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 lately i'll be honest with you the holidays um you know i'm older now my weight is you know was i'm trying to work on it but my blood pressure everything all these things that happen you know and uh and it's and it's been tough you know my kids are getting a little older but they're both toddler age and they're having a heart their struggles you know so i mean anybody out there listening for for this is great just you know don't don't you know make sure you go talk to somebody or get uh you know some anxiety help or whatever helps you or talk just I, i've never done therapy but i have anxiety and i take medication for it when i need it you know yeah, and what but, a what a great thing i'm sorry is is three at the end of the day grown men talking about things that aren't really social norms there's probably people that are out there that say to themselves damn i have all those same issues and i have all that same stuff and can relate to it you know and just maybe didn't have the you know well i guess i don't know what to do or i don't know this and it's everything at the end of the day is just okay mm-hmm. you know yeah you, and you, that's nobody a, is special at the end of the day whatever you're going through we're all going through and that's well, that's you what know? i was about to say is or on that point is that it is okay Mm -hmm. you know even if you don't go and see a therapist today or whenever or even if you might not find somebody to talk to today just know from us the three of us that it's cool Mm -hmm. it's okay you know you are where you are and that is that is Mm -hmm. plain and simply you are where you are and just think about it that's the first step Taking that step to think and reflect. That's all I'm. Well, truthfully, I, I think, I mean, just you two inspiring me here. I mean, honestly, my wife, you know, like this past month or so, it's been tough with just everything going on. Kids, like I said, are always hard. Yeah. yeah but like, uh, I, 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 I'm a very dramatic guy, you know, like I, I <laughs> see, I use my, you can't see this because I'm talking, but my hands, well, that's I notice, love you. I yeah. notice guests like looking at my hands, like all crazy. Cause like I'm moving my hands and flailing like a crazy person right now. Like, uh, but like, there's the like again um you know i really do struggle with when i get real busy with work and i get real busy with the kids and i get real busy with everything going on that i'm trying to do for my family you know it's hard you don't really see yourself kind of as you go downward you know mm-hmm. and i'll be honest i've spiraled downward the last month or two you know and my wife you know i'm not ta- i'm not like mean to her or anything it's just like the the stress you just talk a certain way that you might not even realize you're doing and you know i need i need to take that advice i need to talk yeah, to her so you ready and so this is something uh 
us as, and again, not being, I mean, I'm not the only sole proprietor at my home. You know, my wife works and she's going to get her doctorate in psychology, oddly enough, awesome. right? Nice. But it's it's one of those things as being a provider, the level of stress that that does. And I've even, I don't get into, I don't, I only use social media because I actually don't like it in a lot of elements, but for good instead of other things. But like, I've heard phrases and I don't actually still, to my own ignorance, know like what, uh, um, gosh, drawing a blank right now but male um toxic yes toxic 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 masculinity i don't even understand even what that phrase is but you know what i do understand what the stress is of being a provider what the stress is of being a man in today's society what a stress is of all that stuff whole bunch of negatives that can go along with it right i completely understand but as a provider of what it means in our mind and an entrepreneur and an entrepreneur where our paychecks aren't guaranteed, no one knows what that stress is like uh, to be able to switch the hats, right? Or, or, you know, the mothers of our children are, you know, angels and they have to deal with stuff and, you know, what it's like and does to their body after having a child and uh, even just hormones wise. Like, yeah. you know, I, mean, I couldn't imagine, you know, I still I still have to remind myself sometimes that, like, I don't really know, even as much as I feel the same love and things for my children that my wife does there's an added element there's that an added I that we'll do never not have. understand you're exactly right mm-hmm. we'll never have and we can't try to assume that we will right but what we as men and providers and and have to go through and then still put the dad face on when mentally because we don't want to shut the family down to be like hey we can't pay power bill right now mm-hmm. but i'm going to sort this out i got to i got to be full disclosure mm-hmm. uh I do not bear the brunt of no. our providing at home. You know, my, yeah. my wife is works really hard and she does a great job and she does all a lot at home even still on top of that. So I just mm-hmm. got to say that. Yeah. Shout no, for sure. Love, and there's love hey, my wife. absolutely right. And and but when we don't know where the money is coming from and we don't know this and we have holidays and we have things that are going on, it's tough. And for anybody who's, you know, man, woman, anything, you know, it's tough. And, and uh, we, it's hard it, it's hard to let it all happen and then still put a smile on and say everything's okay, <laughs> yeah. you know, and then convey that to our children and then make sure that we're good parents. And like, oh. man, I wish I didn't, you know, or this, right? It's, it's, uh, it's tough. That's my know? biggest fear, man. Like my, my daughter, she's five, and my son to an extent, but, you know, if we're being honest there. And, and I, you hope it's not like they're, they're, picking up something about my behavior that causes that behavior you know mm-hmm. but like she's they have hard times and you never know as a parent you never truly know what's normal and what isn't for each age like you kind of just learn on yeah. the fly you know but it, there's some things that have come up that just it scares me you know like i hope my, i hope my i want the best for my kids just like anybody else and you just you hope that some of the behavior that they're showing isn't just like literally just they're just taking it from you yeah. you know like yeah. and i you know I'm not an angry person at all, but, you know, like I find myself struggling with, you know, keeping my cool Mm -hmm. when I've got these two businesses going on. I've got my kids are having a a phase, right? Mm -hmm. Hopefully it's a phase of whatever. And, you know, they're screaming and there's yelling and it's like, you know, it's it's a lot. And, it you know, uh, being able to, you know, juggle all that. 
so traditionally women get to talk about all that right mm-hmm. because that's just normal for that behavior but it's tough to find somebody to talk to when it is going you know in the other end when a lot of times men traditionally will say to themselves right or society has told us that we need to talk business we need to talk this we need to talk about sports we need to do and which i talk about all that mm-hmm. but then simultaneously i love talking about how hard it is sometimes and my frustrations right because mm-hmm. then i traditionally get that exact same responses right that both y'all are saying and then all of a sudden you're like oh damn i'm not the only one it's not just me you know so uh bea you know our daughter is 12 dude right before the i can't even i I should i 12 (laughs) dude are you kidding me like stuff that 12 year olds are having to go through right now in society brother we we were doing this at 18 like kids are sometimes terrible you know and you're you're also I think I forget that women, girls, I will say, always go through it first. You yeah. know, that was something that I didn't understand growing up. Yeah. And she, and, and the smartest, I mean, I literally will look at her and say, hey, how do I spell this? Mm-hmm. You know, to cut this, do something with this computer for me. Mm-hmm. You know, the yeah. smartest individual shy of, you know, my wife that I know. Mm-hmm. And, but I'm like, People are or kids are growing up way faster than it's because of technology and because yeah. of this. It is so crazy uh, that I mean, again, in my mind, twelve-year-old is like the new fifteen. Like what we were 15, 16, that's what, you know, 12-year-olds with, with music and, and genres and how they're shaped and like, you know, I mean, I it mean, is it is crazy. That they have you to can't things. shield it. You yeah. Know? No, you and let me tell and you, you somebody best, who's but... tried is my, is my wife. So if there's anybody <laughs> out there that needs all the tips and tricks, she's got them all. She needs to start a podcast <laughs> with Frank then. For so. sure. <laughs> I'm telling you. And, and I mean, full transparency, we'll leave everything out, but there is, a, you know, my wife it gives autonomy like she preaches that children have to make their own decision this but simultaneously can't be run rampant and yeah. not have and and you know restricting things and doing stuff yeah. anyway mm-hmm. there was a somebody in the neighborhood and their parents had no concept of technology wow. when i mean like zero concept i mean negative concept of of technology wow. and their 11 they got a very crash very quick crash course when one evening we had to go over and like explain a a situation that happened right Mm -hmm. and um with technology and things and and they were like blown away Mm. it's like parents here this is a public servants announcement for parents out there (laughs) grab your kid's cell phone like (laughs) read some text messages uh you know just because there isn't an open app on the screen doesn't mean it's not live like go through it 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 is there there is some stuff yeah i forget sometimes that even still there are people even our age who might not understand the full uh capabilities of some of the technology hey Full transparency again. Bea was like nine. I advocated because I believe I'm like she needs to have a phone. She needs a phone. This just shows it, she had a phone. It was actually her tablet. It was 100% cut off that she couldn't communicate. She was, she was on Roblox, I think, or Minecraft or oh, something. Yeah. Right? 100% could not interact with the outside world. Couldn't text message anybody but you know the, the three people that she could interact with. The 911. That was it. Mm-hmm. You know, Allie went in and just took it all out. Blocker, blocker. Right? <laughs> it, I mean, and it was like that. Ready? 45 minutes from upstairs, she one day she comes down and is like in tears. I'm like, what is going on? 
because of a pop-up of an ad, right? Because it still does because she was playing a game where like you can spend $10 and stuff. She thought she had X and she didn't. Right. And so I clicked on the ad and then that ad clicked on another and another and another. Next thing she knows, I can't make this up nine years old without knowing what she's doing. She's in a discord chat and there's graphic photos. Oh, no. Nine years old. I mean, you really she thinks she's really just like hitting buttons to close things out. Like, I can't Mm. express that enough. Like, just randomly trying to close things. I've seen my son. But you can go. He knows how to press the X. Yes. They they know what they're doing. But because it's so small in a corner, and and again, her her thing is completely unlocked. But because the device, and it was still connected to the internet, it was this, prompted this, prompted this, and it circumvented all. All the access that Allie thought that she had up and put her into a, a not good spot. I mean, you think to yourself, how in the hell, you know? Mm-hmm. But if, if you ever want to go down a long rabbit hole, read uh, uh, TikTok's um, disclaimers and entry, like what they actually pull from people's information and mm-hmm. IP addresses and phone and all oh, that. I, I mean, dude, it I'm is. I'm against TikTok. Oh, I yeah, mean, it's, it's terrible. That's a an, another conversation, but Ugh, I can't even imagine. Like, yeah, nine years old. I mean, I go back to it. Like, like the thing was like might as well have been a paperweight. <laughs> like that's how I'm locked. This, this yes, it is just like and and you think and I mean that just shows if you're not on top of it, you know, and you don't have communication. This I mean, it's just. It's tough, man. And it's scary, too. You know, my five-year-old and four – like, you give them iPads for little uh, – not everybody. I, I mean, you know, they're they're playing little games and stuff. Yeah. And, 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 like, ABC Mouse and things like that, you know, you're – I'm, I'm, I'm yeah. ecstatic when they're looking at that right, stuff. You right, know, exactly. Like, oh, you're yeah. learning. Oh, you're yeah. great. You know, but it's like, you know, each, everybody parents differently, you know, and, and, you, and you just find out that with Roblox or whatever, it's like, man, you know, what in the world? I didn't know about any of this, you know stuff on here yeah. you know but now i'm like wait no no you can't play th- there's a gun on that or you know yeah. what, they're five years old you know whatever it is and right. it's just like oh right. man it's, it scares me so, that and she's only five so yeah, yeah. yeah. no and it's, it's so crazy but i will say this any parent in my opinion uh don't keep devices away from kids hmm. in 20 years it will only be devices you yeah. are handicapping. In 20 years ago, we didn't say don't teach kids not to read because mm. we needed to learn how to read. Mm. You know what I mean? Like we I need think, to make sure there's some happy median in there to like still go outside and play, mm. but like but you I think will be setting kids under, back. A healthy understanding of what the technology is for and maybe when, you know, when it's appropriate to have um, yeah, to be time. on a screen, screen time. Mm. Yeah, exactly. Mm. I think that is a healthy thing to do. Mm. You know, like people say uh, everything in moderation or moderation is key or you know however you want to phrase it i think moderation uh, with screens is important as well mm-hmm. because if you look 20 years down the road not in in general in society but in their life they're going to be in a job oh, and there's going to be a screen they will they will be at a deficit they will be looked over. They will be passed over if they aren't as fluent on that screen, you know, on that device, on that um, operating system, you know, whatever it is. Uh, and if they can't adapt to the updating technology, right? So, like, please, if you have the same old iPad from, you know, um, a generation one, you need to do give updates, do this, because, like, it, it is letting the kids learn. It is yeah. part, part of a, you know, it's so crazy to think, like, we didn't have it, you know, mm-hmm. um, but 
It makes me think about um, something that I've haven't done for my kids, but I want to is introducing them to the basics of coding, you know, because Mm. it's, it's just, it's problem solving. And I'm, you know, I have a rudimentary understanding, but it's if then this, you know, that sort of learning can benefit them in the physical world as well as being beneficial on a screen. And then on top of that, I think that if they understand coding and programming, that they'll have a better understanding and be able to defend themselves against malicious or uh, other some sort, you know, like the ad situation that you... I I fully believe that a unutilized skill that people are not taking advantage of and that are crippling people in society right now is not being able to problem solve. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. Yeah. It is. If the screen doesn't tell me to do X, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I mean, it is problem solving. And you see it. I see it in the restaurant industry every day now versus, you know, before. And it is people being able to problem solve is like, it's not cute. It's not funny. It is sad, you mm-hmm. know. Um, I mean, I can't barely read or write full transparency, mm-hmm. right? Like, I am <laughs> terrible. But let me tell you something. I can problem solve with the best of them. Yeah. I would rather have that skill set than being able to read or write, yeah. you know, like mm-hmm. in full full abilities. I mean, it's – it's. Uh, I mean, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, it's not – I see yeah. it daily, man. It's like jaw-dropping. I'm like, wait a second. You know, there's a blatant – the sink is overflowing, what to do yeah you know oh yeah and their brain shut down you know like it's it's like first off cut the water off let alone don't get a mop you know like you know but it's problem solving is not i think you know maybe been the forefront of people's and so yes please everybody learn to code um yeah. you know that, that that's what you especially hope if they're so into the devices early on that mm. hey, you know that's going to be a business that's going to be thriving for decades to yeah, come. Well, yeah, you know, like that if you want to make money if you want to ensure that your child's going to make money when they grow up yeah have mm. them learn technology you know like that's it you know yeah seriously yeah and let's all get behind uh every school or excuse me every state getting uh i love uh trade schools i believe Mm -hmm. wherever there is a government funded high school there should be a government funded trade school yeah Mm -hmm. and in eighth grade you get to interview at both locations and you get to decide or your parents get to decide where you're going to put your enrollment at which then feeds revenue and tax dollars Mm -hmm. but i think another on top of technology and technology i believe trade schools again someone like me maybe i didn't want to go into culinary but hell i didn't know what else to do you know Mm -hmm. i mean there is do you know the wages people make as full-time plumbers and and electricians holy gosh we're great living for a long time oh my god not only do you make a good living the world is your finger at at your fingertips right now because there's not enough yeah Mm -hmm. truck drivers and trade schools i mean i i wish it's something we don't have as much as i know like in in the mid of the state like i know there's some trade schools down south and then up north there's a good amount of trade schools Mm -hmm. but i wish that there was i believe um if you don't know what to do learn a trade Mm -hmm. Ah, 
Yeah. I mean, you know, it's just. Those are the two big things for sure. I mean, it all comes down to supply and demand, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's always going to be in demand. Like, hey, you know, because it's hard to even have and keep a staff going, you know, like try a to, decent staff. Try to get a plumber out right now. Someone pick up the phone and try to call a plumber and see when they can actually fix your problem. Is it an emergency? No. Right. We'll see you in three weeks. Yeah. Right? You know? If it is an emergency, yeah. that'll be $3,000. Yes, exactly. <laughs> right. Like, and you what? can't blame them, you know? No, I mean, right. I mean, some people guess you can what? blame them. We pay because, <laughs> you know, that's what, it, you know, I mean, yeah, it's, that's what it is. We need more. There needs uh, more, more of that, you mm-hmm. know? And it's crazy to see people that are really good at something, and then but they're terrible at business, too. That's, like, that's so hard to see, because, like, I'm not the greatest business guy, but, like, I see people and I, I use their services and I'm like, man, you know, you're, you're good at that. That's great. You're terrible at business. Like, you, you, don't, not do that you don't even know how to communicate the like yes. halfway right to yes. people like or or do things in a timely manner or like say yes. do what you say you're going to do. Hey, like, how about this to bring a full circle? It's OK not to be self-employed. Yeah, it's OK mm. to say, hey, you know what? I am very good at what I do. I want to work Monday through Friday. I do this as a trade, let's say, you know, and have the weekends off, plan my life around it. Like there's a good life and a good living. Mm-hmm. It's not for everybody because yeah. there's no point of being self-employed and failing you know because you don't do the personality end of it Mm -hmm. you know because no matter what you do when you're self-employed if you do not have a personality you're dead you're dead in the water you have to have personality and fill in the blank Mm -hmm. whatever it is right so um yeah there's perfect i mean nothing wrong with it and that's also one of my problems that i had with the food network for a while i think the golden age of the food network was like in the early 2000s and i think after that it made people believe that everybody could be a chef. Mm-hmm. Everybody For a second, I was wondering truck. if you were actually talking about, quote, unquote, the Food Network or just a network of, of, of food foods. people. No, no, I no. be part of that network. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> no, like the actual, like, because I, what, uh, I'll go back as far to say is like what Emerald Lagasse did to mm. the Food Network and then to the food realm yeah. is probably, if there was a Food Hall of Fame, he's got to be like top, top. five. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? Like even above like Wolfgang or anything else, like what oh, he so, did yeah. was bring personality to something. At the top, mm-hmm. right? But, like you know, yeah. sure, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, but what happens is, is without personality, uh, personality end of it, it was just this like cookie cutter, crappy realm of like monotone speaking and this, you know. But what now? What's happened is Food Network has glorified. You know, there's no line cooks anymore. Like, do your time. There's no. You can't go from I want to do something to now I own a food truck. I failed. I went to. I worked at every elements of the business. I I learned. I, I cut myself. I burned myself. I you know you got to go through it and then get to the other side. Mm-hmm. But sometimes you know the great food truck races and do this and do that and it's really showing people that like you kind of don't have to do the hard work. And it's like mm-hmm. nah. You do. But you do. You do because you need to know. That movie. What's that movie? Chef? Chef. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know so many people, whenever I have my food truck, I I actually haven't watched it yet. And I don't know. Maybe at this point, it's probably just uh, frustration. But (laughs) it glorified. Because in that realm, I was like, food trucks aren't glorious. This sucks. (laughs) It's like like the worst Christmas day every day. Because you open up the food truck after you move, and you're like, I have no idea what's what I'm going to open the store to. Yeah. Did I lock that? Did I? <laughs> did, did we put the cap on top of the fryer? Did we do this? And and uh, you know how much product is on the floor and how much mm. the and it's just, mm. uh, it's not glorious. Yeah. It is not. It's fun, but it is not this easy. 
oh man, I, I make a really good chili, mm-hmm. you know, like it's yeah. fun in the sense that it's exciting. It's and, exciting yeah. if you love, I say it, it's a great, great point. I'm glad you brought that up. It's fun because I love the business. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I love the thrill of cooking, but if you you're just like, you've got to pay your yeah. dues in that element or you will, you know, I mean, it's like being in the glass shop. It's, it's fun. It's exciting. And it's fulfilling, but it's hard work. It's hard work. It's hot in there. Mm. It is hot. Yep. Yeah. Two examples I'll give you on, like, real quick in Nashville. When Justin and Ryan and I, we all moved there, you know, like, we when we first moved there, I was probably 21, 22. We thought we were going to be famous in, like, a year. We're like, oh, yeah, we got this. You know (laughs) what I'm saying? Like, you're you're just young and dumb, right? And, and you know, we we all worked at bank, or two of us worked at banks. One was a landscaper, and we're like, oh, you know, pushing our music to the people coming in the bank, you know, (laughs) using their supplies. We're probably not supposed to do this, but using their supplies to push out stuff. And then, uh, you know, a couple of years go by, and you realize, okay, this isn't exactly easy, right? We're we're great, you know, musicians, but, you know, we might, maybe this takes a little work. (laughs) Secondly, to that point, when I was in Nashville, after the couple of years, I was like, well, I need a, I need a day job now, right? Like, I, I quit the banking stuff because I was making minimum wage for nothing and robberies and everything else, you know? Yeah, so, right. so I was like, uh, oh, Man. bartender school. What a novel idea that is, right? Like, <laughs> bartender school. Yeah. You being, a, yeah, it's the dumbest thing ever. Sorry. But, like, I literally was like, okay, yeah, I'll just pass, I'll just take this course and then they'll hire me as they'll a bartender. Hire me. Eat immediately, right? <laughs> and so, I'll, be, I'll be slinging bottles. <laughs> yeah. So, they, they, I learned a little bit of flair, you know, and I'm like, oh, I learned how to make these cocktails. I can't believe my dumb at, dumb self when I went into some of these Nashville Broadway bars and I'm like, yeah, here's my certificate. Yes. Gosh, <laughs> that's how you didn't get the job. You should have went in and not told anybody you had a certificate yeah. and they might have hired you. Like, oh, yeah. not- you need to be a busboy first yes. for a year? Yes. Then you need to serve for two years, three years? Hey. Then maybe we'll get you. A hundred out of a hundred. I won't say a hundred out of a hundred. A lot out of a very little, right? Uh, get a culinary degree. And go in to be a chef, and go in and, and be a manager, go in and be you know a kitchen manager, an executive, a sous, uh, whatever fancy term you want to put it on it, right? Like very few does that happen. You know what you do? You go in there and you're the prep cook for a week. Let's see how much you really know. Oh, mm-hmm. after that, you've you've excelled from that. Let's go to line cook. Mm-hmm. Let's go to you know night shift. Let's go to grill. And, and just because you have a degree doesn't mean that you are fully ready or a certificate. And but so many people in that young age, I'm so glad you brought that point up because mm-hmm. that's exactly what people think. Mm-hmm. Um, I, again, in this industry, I outcooked so many people that had degrees standing next to me, but they got the job first. Hmm. Thousand percent. It happened three times specifically wow. that I can remember. I was absolutely passed over. I was told I was being passed over because the company policy that they were with, the title that it was, the stupid title, like a lead line cook or like a joke, like, you know, whatever, <laughs> fill in the blank. You know, you had to have experience of this, but also, air quotes, um, a year or a degree, right, or X amount of this. Mm-hmm. And then within a month or two, that person was fired, mm-hmm. and then they gave me the job. But they had to do – they had to follow the paperwork of, I hired this person first, you know, oh, it didn't work, so now we'll go to my number two, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, But, yeah, talk about, a, you know, <laughs> the concept of what it takes to be a bartender – Oh my goodness! Like especially good ones. Yeah. Oh, what a yeah personality. Yeah. I mean all kinds of sales. I mean mm-hmm. yeah, people. I, think, I hadn't yeah. met a good bartender until there's a and I, I think it might be closed now, but there was a bar on uh, Glenwood South in Raleigh called Sea Grace, and those guys, man, they they loved it. They spent their off time developing recipes. You know, they put the 
the effort into the presentation of the making the drinks of the the serving it and and you know doing the research on the history i mean it happens a lot now and i think maybe it started i feel like in new york prohibition culture kind of might have been the impetus of the modern cocktail culture but i mean i had not encountered anybody who had yeah you know well, so mixologist is what yeah, you know, yeah. Mixologist, so right so sure. you want to know where a lot of that came from is uh the, the concept of nobody wants to be a, a line cook anymore well, like really pretty much from like when stock market crashed in like 16 17 and 18 you know what was happening executive chefs in new york city are having to take uh, everybody's getting fired and laid off you know fortune 500 companies and restaurants are all laying everybody off so there's you go and your server is like what a second aren't you the executive or the sous chef or something at so-and-so restaurant like yeah that's the only job i can find mm-hmm. so one of the major pushes we've seen throughout that is they found culinary minded individuals with like flavor details and and uh, uh full-on like palettes from really nice areas started going in alcohol they're like Let, let's try this out and so it was been over the last six years it's been what an absolute turnaround and it's a skill like bartending itself being on the grind that's a skill a mixologist is a whole different level like mm-hmm. i joke with people i'm like just because i can problem solve and be in, been on a line my whole life i can bartend with the best of them i'm like i can slang some drinks mm-hmm. you know if i have to like we can go yeah. you know and that's fine that's cool but like mixing something no no, no i'm not your guy yeah. you know like i could probably take the time to learn but like mm-hmm. creating stuff and doing all that it's just the same way if somebody's saying they could do it in, in a kitchen mm-hmm. you know that's why a lot of times people don't take culinary realm as easy because they're like what do you mean i've cooked my whole life like yeah, 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 but what you do at home isn't what I'm doing now mm-hmm. or what, you know, it's it's just different, you know. And so. how easy it is for people just to, like, oh, my God, the yeah. service was terrible. Oh like, they're just, gosh, like, yelping so, you to death and so everything. like lazy, <laughs> Come on. Yeah. It's like put things in perspective. And you know what? But I will say to caveat that, you know, as, a, as again, as a restaurateur, sometimes we got to take that shit. I'm sorry. We mm-hmm. have to take that and, like, let that resonate with us. Yeah. You know, if you deal with somebody and they're like, my food is good and it, they can come back, like, hey, I will tell you. I feel in the area I'm as good of a chef as there is, right? Um, my food isn't 100 all the time. Mm-hmm. I'll I'll send something out. I'm like, gosh, I really didn't like that plate. Mm-hmm. I hope they don't say something. Yeah. I can do better. You know, I can say all that stuff. Like, sometimes you have an off night. Hey, sometimes something gets forgot. Oh, man, I, I forgot to deglaze or do mm-hmm. something. or You know, it's happened at every restaurant I've ever been at, and I've worked at some of the nicest in the area. It happens, right? You mm-hmm. know, so, like, you can't just blindly defend something, but you can't also, especially 2020, for consumers out there, please, no one cares that you are spending money on a Tuesday night. Be polite. Yeah. Really. <laughs> no yeah. one cares. Be like, be polite. Show them common human decency. That's all you ask for. Human right? decency. That should be like tattooed on some people. Mm-hmm. Like, just show, <laughs> yeah. show compassion. Like, you know, look at something and if the, your server is obviously stressed out right now and overworked. How about just pump the brakes? I'm wondering where your soup is for mm-hmm. a second. Yeah. You know, like put it in perspective. You know, um, bad service is bad service, and you can't have that. You mm-hmm. know, but you know, if someone is giving it 120, mm-hmm. percent don't then say, "Well, you're not doing enough." It's been 11 minutes. 
Oh, I tip. I tip more if they're if if it's obvious they're trying everything they can do to just manage what the short staff or yep. whatever it is. Yep. I tip twice as much as I would normally tip, and I tell them, "Look, here, you're doing great. You know, like just keep it up." Now, that's not to say that if somebody's being just like, like whatever about what, just correct, then, then you're like, "I st- see, I'm still, I'm still too good at I tip, I tip." But it's <laughs> yeah, just like, sure. okay, you're only getting fifteen percent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. Great. But I, but I think what you said is exactly the the, the concept that we all need to have more. It's just like some form of decent human beingness within us right and whatever we have going on again we ain't special someone else is having it going on the only difference is is they're under fire right now because they've been triple sat you know yeah. the the kitchen has got got something you know it's just a it's a different you know mm-hmm. thing that most people that if they've never been in food and beverage um they'll never understood i actually believe uh, i know there's other countries that say hey you got to serve you know, two years in the military is a thing. Mm-hmm. I wish that we would put it. I now decree that <laughs> every American citizen has to spend two years uh, in retail. Maybe mm-hmm. not food, but in retail. Yeah, you, you'll get humbled real quick. Oh, yeah. yeah, you know, sure. like even at Belk. What do you? Why are you yelling at the the seventeen year old? Yeah, really. Why this yeah. shirt size? Like, I don't. It sure says an extra fault. small, yeah. but it doesn't feel like an extra small. Like get over yourself. Yeah. Like if you, yeah. you obviously have never. I yeah, mean, right. Like there's a manager who's making eleven dollars <laughs> instead of ten dollars at yeah. the time. Right. Like not saying that people like I'm not bashing yeah. anybody. Right? right. But like why are you taking it out of that person? Right. To like say hold on a second. You know like. Maybe. They didn't make the clothes, like mm-hmm. you know. Maybe, take, maybe that person needs therapy. I a hey, full circle. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I see what you did there. Speak, speaking of full circle, this is really great. I could talk to you all day long. I know, I sure. like, and I do want. I'm glad you said something because I do think I want to bring it back to what you're doing. Sure. Yes. And uh, tell us. I don't know what's next. Well, Sorry, I do. I do no, you're fine. I do want to mention. You know, and we don't. We won't say any names or anything. But sure. I, I mean, not the only reason that I sought you were sought after <laughs> i saw it well that sounds weird um no but uh, steven but, i've known but steven, you were sought after you were absolutely i mean he's in demand i mean yeah. seriously he's got three restaurants i mean he's doing great um but also doing things for the community and that's what we get we get people in here that that are doing things and, and they're also doing things for the community and you know unfortunately as most people know that are in moore county the substation power grid attacks that happened in early december and and for five six days four four to six four to five days really for mm-hmm. whoever where you were most of moore county was in the dark it was cold uh, there was no power you know i was lucky that i was able to get my family you know to raleigh to a hotel room after two days we tried to stick it out but you know dogs kids mm-hmm. we, we decided to, and we're lucky that we were able to afford to do that you know not everybody could and and in especially you know not just uh the consumer but businesses who the holiday season this is where you make your bread and butter in five days you're you're without power then you got to worry about cutting it back on getting back in the groove you know who quit who didn't you know mm. like i can't imagine that but yeah. um you know long story short there was a couple of local restaurants in town that for whatever reason i don't know the whole story but they were not or did not pay their employees for a certain period of time and uh, and Stephen and his family and his business uh, stepped up to the plate and and if you could just yeah, so, tell me a little bit yeah about it. and it is not my goal no matter what is not to bash anybody not doing because it's hard enough to be out here anyway yeah. to be out here and try to run businesses do anything let alone that I will tell you the day that I saw something come up on my phone on social media and um, I just had walked into the house real quick and I looked at Allie my wife and I said hey, we got to do something she saw it. Um, and the restaurant, you know, had to, a couple of restaurants had to shut down two days before, two, three days before Christmas. And 
there's you know 30 40 staff members that aren't going to potentially get paid Mm -hmm. um and it resonated very heavy with me with my wife um we said well uh, we're in a place, um, our community, and let me tell you, she's a wordsmith, and you know I can say some feelings and say some phrases, and she really, if you haven't had a chance to read it, it's probably worth a read. But you know, she just really, I mean, it, I mean, I, I'll even tear up sometimes thinking about it. But like, it's these are all true facts. I'm born and raised in this area. I have strong roots. I have strong core concepts with my father who did before social media was doing fundraisers and spaghetti play tales and organizing and was just a pillar in the community. That's what he did, you know. And so I immediately thought of the 30 that we have, you know, our our fathers that work a part time job to wash dishes on the weekends because of the holiday season to buy you know, Christmas presents for their kids, the single mothers. This industry, food and beverage industry, is made up of ex-criminals, uh, ex-drug addicts, and single mothers, single fathers. Like, we, we don't get, you know, not always the, the college graduates and all this and the well-put-together individuals. And a lot of times, my whole life, I, I myself was paycheck to paycheck. Mm-hmm. You know, there is this isn't a, you know, oh, I'm so much better off now or anything. like. These are just, like, true things that resonate with me. That doesn't mean that it doesn't happen in the airplane industry, the car industry the music industry i can't relate to that Mm. i have 40 faces in my brain that we interact with that i know their children that we do anything we can for those and so immediately i say oh man there's no way right so like we have to do something Mm -hmm. so let's put something out let's do it and um and it absolutely directly affected what our christmas looked like Mm -hmm. 100 percent you know i was like hey I mean, I don't make a decision like that without clearing it with, uh, you know, my wife, too. Like, hey, are you, you're signing on with this with me, right? And she's like, of course, whatever you think, whatever we need to do, we'll, we'll you know, go. And, and uh, we went into our savings account and, you know, pulled out a very, very large sum of money and, and had, uh, you know, 30 staff members that aren't our staff, you know, show up um, with some documentation to make sure that, you know, we weren't just paying anyone. And, and uh Paid them wages. And, you know, that wasn't meant for any other thing than two days before Christmas that somebody, you know. And, again, when we made a post, people are then reaching out that are these staff members and telling us their stories Mm -hmm. and telling us that they have three children and they have two jobs and this one isn't. You know, that there are fathers that have multiple jobs, you know, at this time, and especially these holidays, they do extra work to pay for this. And they tell me that they're, you know, and – and uh, so we felt inclined to act, and it is uh, glad we did, and we do it every day in other forms and fashions. And, you know, one thing how we're going down this is I, I've said it earlier in the cast, but I hate social media. I think it's a mm-hmm. plague on society. But you know what I really think that I love about social media is it put people in contact that maybe you wouldn't otherwise keep up with. Mm-hmm. But it can be the vessel to spread good faster than anything else it spreads bad like a virus Mm -hmm. right but what it can do with that good and we actually spoke early on is like you know sometimes people do things just so they can put it on social media you know and i hate that and but guess what they still did something good right but so you know what and being able to be out there and put something out there like that um I, I again, I don't necessarily like, but what it does is it empowers people to want to do it themselves. 
right? Yeah. It'll condition. Yeah. You know, it truly does. There's so many things in a negative manner we're conditioned to do and conditioned to say, but putting good out there, you know. So if you see somebody on your timeline doing something good for somebody, let's not think, oh, they just want attention. They're doing this for likes. That's easy. That's lazy. Mm. You know, I call right. that. I call it lazy. You know, go do it yourself. Yeah. You know, like go put it out there, put it fine. And if you if you need it, go put it on, you know, X, Y and Z, you know, but it, it's it's once you go down a path that we are um, that as we've been of doing for people. It's addicting. Mm -hmm. It is addicting. And it is something that you'll feel that you're compelled to do every day. Mm -hmm. Um and it is something, I mean, we've done with, uh, I mean, this isn't just the first. I mean, there's been, I mean, major instances that has happened. And uh, we're just glad that we were in a situation. And the gist of what my wife wrote was that this is the town that has allowed us to be, um, uh, to have a chance, you mm -hmm. know, that we were here. Uh, and I want to say, personally say thank you to everybody who's listening and that, that who's, who's come out and shown support. When I tell you guys, uh I wish I was smart enough to say that there's some kind of malicious intent behind it to like, oh my God, as a publicity stunt or something. Because the com I'm not like, but like the community, it just shows. And for any business that's out there, if you think you can't afford it, you think do good for people. I promise you. Um, doesn't matter if you're religious or not. My good buddy Ron Scott uh, has a phrase like, "You can't outgive God," right? So mm -hmm. my I have a different thought with God, and I have I speak to you know people daily and you know religiously and things, but mm -hmm. I. I have my own beliefs, but uh, the phrase you can't outgive God is probably the most truest statement that I've ever experienced in my entire life. Mm -hmm. You know, um, we – and I'm only going to say numbers because I think it's – I think more of us could use this. Mm -hmm. When I made it in life that I feel close now, that I've close to made it, that I've got – like my family is secure. I'm not paycheck to paycheck anymore. I had – I've wanted a nice watch my whole life. Not anything else. I wanted a nice watch. Mm. So I bought myself a Rolex, a $12,000 Rolex, mm. right? I'm only saying that because that is the – I said to myself when I looked down and I where I never would have bought it, the day that I looked at her and I said, Allie, I, I can't own a $12,000 watch and not be prepared to give $12,000 away mm -hmm. because that's what we did. We ended yeah. up giving just under, under 14000 is what we ended up giving away. Wow. And I'm only bringing up numbers because it's all in relative terms, right? I could never – 10 years ago, I couldn't give away something. We mm. were still giving it away. It was just in relative numbers. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't mean that just because you can't give away X, and guess what? I know people right now that give away $50,000 a mm -hmm. week, you know, but that's relative to them at that moment, mm -hmm. you know, and it's going to be a while and we're going to have to recoup and we're going to have to do this, but you still give, and that's the core concept, right? Mm -hmm. um, is that you. In, in the second that you will start valuing what you personally have and like, well, I can't, or oh no, I want this for myself, so I'm not going to help someone else. Uh, I'm telling you, it'll. It, it it was life-changing when Ron told me that three, four years ago, and it kind of solidified what I was doing anyway. And so it was just – it's unbelievable. And what the community – their the, the community's response in, in return has just been – I can't, can't thank you. Now, I mean, we had $3,400 in donations that were given out. That, that were given to uh, to us to help because mm -hmm. there was like I think it was like seventeen five is total what was you know the given to the you know not even given it was what they earned mm -hmm. you know but what was handed out that day um, and thirty four hundred of that was donations yes. um, and so yeah awesome. and it's and and then restaurants right because again ev everything's in relative terms restaurants reached out to me food trucks reached out to me I was like look I don't have financial money right now you know again like look the the, the um, shooting that happened that shut down the power grids of so this all this other stuff people are hurting right now yeah. but you know what i do have i have a job opening 
Mm-hmm. So we help orchestrate, get six, eight, ten people other jobs. Awesome. You know what I mean? Awesome. So like, nice. it's not just everything in relative terms. You know, like uh, it, the kindness of just like literally paying for somebody's food in front of you, or handing out, and it doesn't even have to be to where it's okay to put a face to things. Sometimes in today's age, uh, in my opinion, it's so easy to look at stereotypes it's so easy to this you know the number one thing the number one way to break stereotypes is like put a face to it yeah mm-hmm. so like standing in line if somebody is obviously i can't tell you it, it's happened um and i'm only saying this because it's really good to put it out there like we spoke earlier if we're going to put it out there then some people can do it too it's happened to me three times in the last 10 days that somebody is in front of me and they're like scrounging for pennies it doesn't matter what they're buying that i don't get to judge it doesn't matter if they're buying a pack of cigarettes it doesn't matter if they're buying grocery with their family families it doesn't matter this i don't get to judge that and if you think that you're helping somebody and then get to judge you're doing it for the wrong reason mm-hmm. you a, 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 a situation has presented itself in front of you the only choice is are you willing to help mm-hmm. what they do with it you can't decide or anything else is are you and you just pull five bucks out of your pocket and hand it to somebody and say no no it's all good like no scene here hey you know i've been there mm-hmm. you know, it's all good you know, and you just go right about your business. There's no big monologue behind it. There's no big, you know, life talk you got to have with people. Mm-hmm. It's the easiest number one way to like fully put faith back into humanity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like mm-hmm. show like decent. You said the phrase like people being decent human beings. You know, mm-hmm. um, so that that is the that's what happened. You know, day yeah. before Christmas. Uh, you know, and it's just. I'm so happy that we could do it. So happy that everybody. Uh, since then, I did find out. I believe that people have been reimbursed at least for one restaurant. I think some some funds did come through, which was great. Good, you know, man. and yeah. uh, some good things will will be happening on that end for them. And so you know a lot, but um, yeah, yeah, I can. Well, thank you for for sharing that too. I mean, that was. I mean, that's an amazing thing you did for the, for the community. And yeah. tell us a little bit about um, because we're getting kind of toward the final hour, probably. I or, would think so. I mean, I want to stay here. I could, like I said, stay here, and talk yeah. to you forever. But um, tell us a little bit about you know where they can find you and um, your different restaurants uh, briefly, and then we'll uh, we'll have to get Stephen on again and his wife sure. maybe um, yeah. sometime in the yeah, future. Yeah, matter of fact, Allie wanted to come today, but she's tied up with school and things. So yeah, we'll definitely. Oh, imagine y'all are so busy. That's yeah. why I was like, yeah, probably hard enough to get one. You right. Know? <laughs> Yeah, maybe as a close, you could um, again tell yeah. us where you where we can find you, and then maybe just like one or two things that we can look in the near future from sure. y'all. So Dugan's Pub, Two Market Square, downtown Pinehurst. I think uh, one of the greatest you know corners you could probably try <laughs> right. to put a restaurant at in the, in in the state. Uh, mm-hmm. Lighthouse at Little River, five hundred Little River Farm Boulevard, Carthage, North Carolina. Uh, that location is down right now. The pipes burst, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, yeah, L is rough. Man, there's about three hundred thousand dollars in damage. <sighs> there's a lot going on. We're revamping the whole place. It'll be uh, brand new carpets and walls, and I mean, it's going to look gorgeous i mean the building already did in all reality but um that's going to be a quick turnaround fingers crossed uh working with uh, some of the best around so you know getting that back open and we should see some more light on that in the next two months uh and then uh if you're in the Laurenburg area you're going to the beach number one spot uh, that Forest Family Restaurant, uh, 215 South Main Street in uh, Laurenburg, North Carolina. It's the number one spot for travelers. 
coming and going from the beach. Not even locals to Laurenburg. Hmm. Um, but wow. people, what they do, I forget how much like technology is in our pocket. <laughs> right. But they're yeah. like, oh, I don't want, you know, uh, I don't want fast food. Fast food. Right? Yeah. And mm-hmm. so we're the number one that comes up, and we get a lot of people in and out from the beach and stuff, wow. which is great. That's so, awesome. Yep. So, and then in a, in a nutshell, for Dugan's in particular, we're excited about because we just opened back up. Uh, Tuesday uh, and lunches. So it's not just Wednesday to Saturday or Sunday uh, just for dinners anymore. We have opened where lunch and dinner, 11 to 11, basically. And then uh, on the weekends and really anything that's going, we'll stay up until 2 a.m. Friday, I don't think to. I mean, we literally, you know, did last call at 159, you know, it was done. And it's just, it's been great. But so we're, we've got a lot going on. There's gorgeous, the same good tasting food, new specials, new things like that. But we're rolling out. Um, Christy and Charlie, our, our bar manager in front of the house manager, worked on uh, really heavy with mocktails menus, which is super cool. It's a n- new thing people are doing, you know. Yeah, it's we've got really a big this year. Gorgeous mocktails menu, new drink menu. Uh, one thing we're going to be open, uh, that building has never seen breakfast before. Mm. Wow. We're going to be opening for breakfast by the end of February. Uh, yeah, so Tuesday through Sunday, breakfast. We'll have an Irish breakfast, black liver sausage, baked beans, all that kind of stuff. But then mm. we'll be a little more unique and specialized. Like, we're not a breakfast restaurant. You know, like, we won't have all the little nuances and things that traditional breakfast restaurants will have. But we'll have stuffed French toast. We'll have, you know, a golfer's bildroom, mm. you know, breakfast mm. plate type stuff. But it'll be unique items. Um, and then one thing that we're going to market the area is uh is our bloody marys we're gonna we're gonna yes. take bloody mary games to a whole new level thank like, you tag worthy nice. um you know like sweet don't don't roast me on the internet when there's a 50 dollar bloody mary like, if you can't afford it <laughs> it's lobster cool. claws sticking yes. out yeah. yes oh, yeah, like it'll it. you know like the 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 monster from the deep yes. right like <laughs> why, why is there a filet kebab on the thing why not this town needs <laughs> it. yes there right? is not and to my knowledge, a good Bloody Mary bar anywhere. Like, you know, like, yeah, do it. Yeah. And I'm glad you mentioned yeah. that because yes. I will be there. Yeah, so that's that's one of a couple of the things, you know. and uh, Live music, it, too. You're live continuing music. That and, wait, till, um, wait till you see. We've got uh, plans. This is, like, groundbreaking. It This will be done by February of 24 uh, for the Open. But we're knocking out three walls, revamping and updating some bathrooms. Not redoing, uh, revamping or whatever that word is that you don't have to have as many permits for. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> whatever that exactly. is, right? Um, but we're going to truly uh, – there's a lot of false walls that just mean nothing down there. There's just – it's an old building, you know, 1990 or 1890s it was built or 1910, somewhere in there. So there's like room after small room after wall after room, and we're going to knock quite a few of those down and, and take – the goal is to take that occupancy from 101 to 165 nice. and oh, wow. turn that into uh, – we're going to – you're going to – guys are going to love this. T.J. Johnson and I have mm-hmm. been working um, with his idea. Uh, we're going to fund it, and we're going to have uh, – we'll be the premier spot for musicians. We're going to build in um, speakers, audio equipment, um, live recording equipment, video and audio. So you'll be able to do your own. You'll be able to plug right into our equipment and live stream straight to SoundCloud, straight to YouTube, wherever. 
you know, and you'll be able to use that, you know, soundbite, that clip, anything for free, you know, no anything else just other than we will have, you know, an underground music scene um, that TJ's going to spearhead. That's, uh, wow. yeah, it's going to be major. TJ's it, great at that, too. He's oh, a fantastic yeah. musician, but also very tech savvy, very smart yes. to get that thing going. Yeah. He did that sort of, sort of, not that, but, you know, streamline the social 165 back social in the day one, I, and all I that. Mean, yes. That's exactly what we use. We're going to use as, as, um, you know, almost like as a baseline, you know, obviously won't have dueling pianos. And that, that was so cool. Yeah. But, you yeah. know, well, that, there's that a lot of room concept. that takes for two big pianos. Yes, right? Exactly. right? I, I loved it. One of the things was uh, two last two things because they're hilarious, I have to be told. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know how rumors start. You know, they're so, it's so funny too to sit like back and watch media. them. Right? <laughs> Check this out. Two of the best rumors I've heard uh, since since my wife and I bought, bought Dugan's. Um, one was that my i've i'm financially backed by um don't say george soros no 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 i'm financially <laughs> even better i'm financially backed by the hell's angels and oh, it's going to oh, be a nice. biker bar nice like cannot make this up like this is not a fabrication somebody with a alleged great portfolio and like wealthy is like that's what's happening i am back <laughs> and we're determined that that was the truth so you can't do anything but laugh and then the other was that we're getting rid of music in general no more music and we're putting pool tables in now so you're like wow that's awesome like i want to want to waste space for two people to play yeah you know a game that i can't make money on that makes a lot of sense right yeah. <laughs> like funny. it's so funny when people have nothing to do what they'll just come up with so mm. one of the true. wildest gigs i ever played was for an actual hills angels party at a what? bar in fayetteville that they advertised on the radio and my mom and dad came yes. <laughs> and yeah. i was and and there's nothing well i don't know the hills angels personally <laughs> yeah. but you know i mean obviously you know the best, maybe, maybe best not to say one yeah. thing yes. or yeah. the other yeah, i'm yeah. gonna say they're great people yes. and yeah. it was a fun time lots of, yeah <laughs> no to be fair they, it was really there was they were great they enjoyed the music it was all that it was just like i, I don't think i told my mom i think they have a bad rap after that uh rolling stones concert in yeah. california whenever that was in the 70s or whatever yeah but yeah. that person got stabbed i oh, think wow. that's many what people probably did back yeah. then yeah. oh you, you yeah. haven't heard of it i haven't yeah, yeah. yeah. but, but was, i can only imagine it was the 70s a lot of people got stabbed yeah. <laughs> yeah. just in general just yes. in general it's Shift tuesday to the people got stabbed yeah you know exactly. so I'm definitely not saying anything bad about the hell's angels <laughs> nope <laughs> so, no yeah. but it's just it, it, i we just started yeah. laughing um yeah. so well, thanks well, for thanks gentlemen. for sharing your story. Yeah, today, yeah. Man. thank I you, thank you guys. I could, if you can't tell, I can vomit at the mouth with the best of them. I, I think it's Love that's it. you know when there's a broad. Tr- I've done a lot of podcasts, but when there's a broad stroke and just like hey, ad lib and have yeah. fun, man, you can get some of the greatest. Yeah. We could sit here for four hours before we hit record uh, and not come up with this lineup mm-hmm. of yeah, like all over the place, in depth, you know, funny Tangents, laughing, t- yeah, serious yeah, stuff, sure. absolutely. Funny. Yeah. That's yeah, that's uh, gold. That's why yeah. I love. And when I started this, when we started the show, I mean, for me personally, it was about like just the intro, like it says. I I really enjoy learning about humans in general. Yeah, you know, I, you know, me too. I mean, I just love hearing stories mm-hmm. about. You know, like you said, like especially just in our little county here, that what you know, the people that we've interviewed so far, just what they, what they've seen, experienced, and the stories they have to tell. You know, and the way that they've, um, everybody that sat in these chairs has has influenced the community in a positive way too. And that's, yeah, I think so. You know, we're not just talking yeah. about successful people; we're talking about successful in life people. You know, yeah, people that right. really help. 
too you know so thank you steven oh, for, yeah, thank you. for coming on thank make sure you guys. go check out Appreciate all the uh, wonderful restaurants him and his wife and family uh run here locally and around the area um executive producer frank daniels would you like to take us home uh yes i will also uh you know subscribe to our, the podcast wherever you listen to podcasts yes, yes. this is the yes. first time we've ever said I, that i know would you it's, even believe it I've, you know what you're talking about being bad in business <laughs> <laughs> we are evidently yeah. well i'm not getting paid so evidently right. I, i'm really bad at business so so uh like and subscribe to this podcast yeah um, you may see a or face- pilot-radio.com yes and you may see a facebook or instagram actual I'm, page i'm soon. working i'm working on it me too well, I'm, i've been like oh maybe we kind of need you gotta to do this that maybe yeah. it'll happen it'll happen yeah yeah but the you, important build, thing is that it exists yeah build right. up the rolodex so then when you do captivate this audience you know there there's more than four or five to go to the go to the library yeah there we go yeah, exactly. I, I can come up with this for days yeah. guys yeah, yeah literally no. we're gonna have to get steven <laughs> there's on a marketing again, strategy sure. yes. that's right yes absolutely and he, and to, he listened before he came that's what's yeah. great see this yeah. is how we're getting listeners is we're like hey you want to come on the show yeah sure what show is it yeah. uh, i better listen to a few of these <laughs> so that's how we get our listeners yeah. guys every listener has actually been a part of the show yeah. so it's great you know it's great you kind of have to listen yeah. you know yeah. so we force people to listen to us right Frank? yes 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 well thank you very much for listening this has been a good one a long one but a good a one we can one, talk a, a long one. time yeah. Yeah. but Stephen ford check him out he's doing great things for the community great food great cook great human him and his family check him out dugan's pub the other two again little lighthouse lighthouse at little, little river. river yeah forest family restaurant forest family restaurant thank well, you everybody. we appreciate it y'all take care see you see you